My papers get lost so easily. I've never felt successful dealing with student papers and grading. I struggle with organizing all the supplies and paperwork. I don't like having stacks of paper lying around my classroom. Do any of these sound familiar to you? Last week, I told you that the most common question I get asked has to do with papers and what to do with them. And those are some examples of some of the things that show up in my DMs, in my inbox, on surveys. Those are things that I'm hearing teachers ask all the time. That's why last week, this week, and next week, we are going to be tackling this big topic, organizing your classroom papers. In this podcast today, though, I'm going to be explaining the supplies you need to organize your classroom papers. Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Happy Tuesday, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. I am so excited to be in your ears today. If you are in the U.S., we've only got one week left until Election Day, So if you're still unsure of whether or not your vote even matters, or if you're still undecided about who you're going to vote for, then be sure to listen in on my conversation with Sarah and Beth from Pants Who Politics. It's inside the Racism in Education mini-series that is hosted on the Simply Teach podcast. In that episode, we talk about how to ensure that you are voting for things that matter to you. So be sure to check that out. Also, if you haven't, please make sure to subscribe to Simply Teach. Each Tuesday, a new episode airs, and by subscribing, you can make sure that it shows up in your downloads on your phone as soon as the episode is released. Just head to wherever you listen to podcasts, find Simply Teach, and hit subscribe. Yesterday, the Classroom Paper Organization course opened up. For years, y'all have been asking for help on how to organize all the papers. So I finally put together a course on this very topic to help you get your classroom papers organized. Just head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper course to get all the info and purchase the course. For now, though, let's talk about some of the best classroom organization supplies that you can get to make sure that you have homes and you can organize all of those papers. When it comes to organization, you've probably heard me say this a dozen times more than a dozen times, everything needs a home. If you've watched the home edit on Netflix, then you heard them talk about that idea of containing. It's the same thing with homes. We're just containing our items into different homes. You create homes by using boxes, bins, trays, folders, drawers, really anything that is going to house a certain type of material. In this case, what we're talking about today is papers. So in order to get your papers organized, you're going to have to do some serious clean out and separating. And inside the Organize Your Classroom Papers course, I've got three whole lessons devoted to that process of going through cleaning out and organizing all of your papers. For the sake of this episode, though, we're going to talk about what tools you can use to house all those papers once they are organized. So we'll split this episode up into two parts. We'll talk about teacher papers and then student papers. I'm sure that there are more papers that are going to fall outside of those categories, but those are the main two categories that I get asked about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So for teacher papers, I'm defining teacher papers by Basically, any papers that only you deal with. So things like IEP or RTI paperwork, letters from home, uh, papers from the office or from other teachers, your lesson planning materials, all those kinds 
of things. I'll first start off with plastic drawers. There are a ton of different sizing options and configurations. My favorite are the big ones. Think like big enough to hold 12 by 12 craft paper. This is where I house all of my lesson plan materials for each week. If you want, you can head to this week's show notes to see a video on how I organized my materials inside these drawers. But these drawers were a worthwhile investment because they they lasted all of my years of teaching to help me organize all my lesson plan materials. Then you've got plastic drawers that are sized for like normal paper, you know, eight and a half by 11 paper or uh, for European teachers out there, the A4 paper size. These are great inside of a cabinet or on a shelf. I like to use these uh, plastic drawers to house those in between papers, you know, the ones that they don't really have a permanent home. You're just hanging on to them for a limited time, like, like field trip permission slips or picture day money. They have even smaller sized ones too, that you can use to organize pens, sticky notes, pencils, all that kind of stuff that can go again inside a desk. Um, I mean, sorry, inside a cabinet on a desk or even on top of a shelf. Another great option in addition to or instead of the plastic drawers are plastic trays. Again, these can go inside a cabinet to house papers. When I was in my first year teacher program, like through the district, they we had like a mentorship program. We learned the process of creating this filing system for paper. So basically getting like three trays that could be used to file things that needed to be copied or needed to be, uh, they, they needed to be looked through or gone through uh, to decide if they were worth keeping or not. Uh, maybe a tray for things that need to be laminated or copied or whatever. But having these trays is a way for you to give things a home, again, giving things temporary homes until they get to where they live or where they really need to go. When I use these trays, I just kept them inside my cabinet to prevent more visual clutter by having a bunch of papers on a tray sitting out for everybody to see. So just put it inside that cabinet, close that door, nobody sees it. Of course, in teaching, you need to ensure you have lots of file folders, the hanging kind and the regular kind. Last week, I shared a blog post, 20 Classroom Organization Supplies and How to Use Them. I'll link to it in the notes for this podcast. But I showed milk crates and plastic tubs being used a few different ways. And in each scenario, hanging folders, hanging file folders were really important to keeping things organized. When it comes to creating homes, whether for paper or anything in your classroom, you want to niche down your homes as much as possible. So you don't want to just put your PD papers inside your filing cabinet. You want to put them inside of a folder that says PD documentation, and then you want to put that folder inside of your filing cabinet. Or when it comes to organizing student station activities, you don't just want to put them in a math bin. You want to put them inside of a folder for all activities on that topic or on that standard, and then inside of the math bin. Okay, I'm going to get really really technical here. Uh, You know those hanging things that have slots for different size things, like a shoe holder that hangs on the back of the door? They also create hanging things like this, but sized for paper. I guess like a pocket chart, but paper sized. Anyways, these are really great for storing lesson plan materials, or you can use it like I did on the inside of a cabinet door. And that is where I put all my colored paper. So that way it was easy to get to the red paper whenever I needed or the pink or whatever. I wasn't having, having to sift through a bunch of different colored paper. So you've already on this episode heard me say a lot the phrase inside a cabinet. I want you as much as you can to try and get things inside cabinets because that's going to help reduce the visual clutter in your classroom. A lot of times, 
a disorganized classroom is simply just disorganized because there's so much stuff and so much clutter. So I've got a bunch of resources on organizing your cabinets on the blog if you want to go check those out so that you can see how to organize your cabinets better so that you can use them more efficiently to put things inside of them and clear some of that visual clutter in your classroom. All of these resources that I'm talking about today are inside my Amazon shop. So I've got a page dedicated to all things classroom, organization, management, time management, all that kind of stuff on Amazon. If you want to see what supplies and resources I recommend for teaching and also for personal life, I've got some more personal things up there, then just click the link for my Amazon page in this week's show notes, and it'll take you there and show you some of these resources and even more that you can use things that I actually used in my classroom to help it be more organized. I want to interrupt this episode for just a second to make sure that you know about the Organize Your Classroom Papers course that is now available. For years, teachers have been telling me how much they struggle with organizing all the papers in and around their classrooms. Teachers want to know what to do with all the papers that they have for multiple classes that they teach, or what to do with the papers that someone gives you thinking that you might want it when in fact, you very much do not want it, or how to handle grading all of the papers and what to do with all those papers when you're done with them. I get it. As teachers, we have a ton of papers to deal with. The goal of the Organize Your Classroom Papers course is to help you sift through, clean out, and organize all of your papers so that you can stop spending so much time trying to remember where you put that copy or having your class get involved in looking for those materials that you just misplaced. You can get access to the course by heading to the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper course. Inside this course, we're also gonna be talking about how to organize your filing cabinets, your digital files, your lesson plan materials, basically any kind of paper material that you have, I'm gonna show you practical ways that you can organize and systemize those papers. In less than 40 minutes, I'll teach you how to clean out, organize, and systemize the papers inside your classroom so that you can get rid of some of that clutter that I know is causing you so much stress. That's the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper course to get access to the course today. The simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper course. Now back to the show. Now let's move on to student papers. You probably are going to want to use some of these same tools that we used when we were talking about teacher papers, folders, bins, trays, all those good things, be sure to head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper guide. I've got a student paper workflow guide for you to download. And in it, I show you how to use each of these supplies that we're gonna talk about in just a second to create a workflow that each student paper needs to go through. So when it comes to student papers, you're obviously going to need a place for students to turn papers in. Trays or baskets are great. I love the ones from Container Store, linked in the notes uh, for this week. Just be sure that whenever you are creating these baskets to be able to separate them. You don't want all of your papers turned into the same spot because you want to be able to easily grab the papers that you need to grade without having to wrestle through a bunch of other papers. You can separate by subject, by class. It really doesn't matter. Just whatever's going to work for you. If you do have classroom jobs, then be sure to have that be a classroom job for one of your students to organize the papers at the end of the day for you. You also need a system for returning papers to students, which means a place to store all those papers. A lot of elementary teachers use those classroom mailboxes, which I love classroom mailboxes, but don't stress about getting one of those really big contraptions. I, I know that you're picturing it right now, what I'm talking about, with a spot for each kid's paper. Those things are great, but they take up a lot of space and they can add to that visual clutter by seeing all those papers falling out. 
A simple plastic tub with hanging file folders and a lid on top of it will work just fine. Just be sure to make sure that you have your kids clean it out every once in a while. I kind of forgot to do, to do that and it'd be the end of the nine weeks and I'd be like, oh, I guess we should probably empty our mailboxes. I guess they were more like mail folders, but I called them mailboxes. Anyways, be sure to empty them out. Last week on episode 81 about ways to reduce classroom papers, I talked about erasable pouches, but I want to mention them again here this week because these erasable sleeves are great for students to do station work or even work on activities that you aren't planning on grading at their desk or in small group settings. By reducing the amount of paper that your kids are using, you're reducing the amount of papers you need to find homes for, you need to look through, you need to grade or put in the recycle bin, which is a win for everybody, right? Let's talk a second about student folders and journals, because of course you are going to need a lot of folders and journals, and these are great for organizing student materials. But I will tell you that when I, my first year of teaching, I was hell-bent on having all of my kids' reading folders be orange, all of their math folders be blue, and so on. I was so stuck on this idea that I went out and bought class sets in multiple colors, which when you think about it, back to school, a class set of folders, like it's not a huge investment, but I'm not really sure why I was so like hung up on this. And I'm not ragging on teachers who do it because I get it in my tendency, like being so structured and organized is to still want to do that. But remember, I'm here to try and help you spend less time doing school stuff and more time doing the things you love by teaching you organization and management and all that kind of stuff. So with that, I think it's okay to let color-coded class folders go. At the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. When I was teaching, I didn't find myself saying, oh, get out the orange folder any more than I would found myself saying, get out your reading folder. For the little, little kids like kinder, pre-K, all that, I totally see the value in having, you know, everybody has a red folder because that is the easiest way to identify that. But for the older kids, I don't think it's necessary. And in effort to save you time and hassle, I would skip the time and honestly the money it takes to get class sets, folders, spirals, journals, and instead spend that time on creating printable labels with each subject and each student's name. If you really want to ensure that your students know which folder or journal goes with which classes, then labels would be a much more efficient use of your time. And if we're talking all about resources that are going to help you organize your papers, then I have to mention the Organize Your Classroom Papers course. The goal of this course is to help you sift through, clean out, and organize all of your papers so that you can stop spending so much time trying to remember where you put a copy or having to get your class involved and looking for whatever it is that you lost. Just head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper course to get access to the Organize Your Classroom Papers course. I've said papers, classroom papers course so many times on this episode. I'm sorry. But if you're listening to this episode around the time it releases, so October of 2020, then you can get it for only $27. If you aren't ready to invest in the course yet, that's okay. Just be sure to download the free student guide workflow paper guide over at the simplyorganizedteacher.com forward slash paper guide. Remember, classroom organization is more than just a pretty classroom. It's your materials, your routines, your structures, all of these things seamlessly blended together. And that's why it's so important that you have homes for all of your things, including your papers and your student papers. So be sure to check out the show notes for this week's episode to have a visual and get a list of all those resources that you need to get your papers organized. Thank you for being here for another episode. Be sure if you want to 
purchase and join the classroom paper course. If you're finally ready to tackle the stacks of paper laying around your classroom, you can head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com and get all of that. Also, be sure you have a plan for voting next Tuesday or before then, if you can, I will see you back here next week on election day to share a great conversation I had with Brandy Rosen all on organizing your sped paperwork, which I know that y'all are looking forward to. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful to have you share it over on social media and tag me at the Simply Organized Teacher, or you can head to wherever you are listening to this podcast right now and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This episode was edited by the team over at Podcastology. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, classroom organization resources, and all of the courses can be found over on my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Make sure to join my email list and get weekly organization tips straight to your inbox by heading to thesimplyorganizedteacher.com slash email. Y'all have a great week.